The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Focused on Board, our Friday night live edition. I'm really excited tonight because I've got a cool guest in in the uh, the virtual green room. Now, the thing that makes Eric Harazi cool in my eyes is that not just that he's overcome several things in life, but I, and it's not even that I'm a what have you done for me lately person, but it's very much of what has he done lately? And he's got a really cool some of the things that he's doing, why he's doing them. And uh, I can't wait to bring him on. And we're going to have a really cool discussion. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. If you have questions for Eric, please make sure to post them into the comments. We'll get them in front of Eric and, and see if there are things that he can answer. If you have questions for me, put them in the comments. However, as you're doing that, please make sure if you're doing this from Facebook that you allow StreamYard access. Otherwise, when you put your comments in or your questions in, it shows up as just Facebook user. See, Fred. Carol here was a very good example of making sure that he gave StreamYard access to his user information because I knew it was Fred, not Facebook user. Hello, Fred. So uh, before we bring Eric on, let's quickly have a, a, a video from our sponsor, Vital Signs and Graphics. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. All right. Once again, that's Vital Signs and Graphics out of Nuevo, Michigan. And the phone number there is 231-652-3300. Talk to Rick. Tell him that Focused on Forward sent you. All right, guys. Uh, it's my pleasure to bring out of the virtual green room and out for you guys to be able to listen to Eric Harazi. Welcome, Eric. Hi. There are so many snacks in that green room. It was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you have a much better green room than I prepared. So <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I, I want to say uh, thank you for being on tonight. Uh, we have a lot to unpack here in the next uh, few minutes about your life, what you've gone through, what you've been through, and, and, and really um, how you've become focused on Ford. I, I'm excited to hear your story. So... Um, well, let's uh, let's start at the beginning. So, sure. go for it. So, about eleven years ago, I'm, I'm 43 years old now. When I was 30 years old, I was do, my my background is in theater. I was a stage manager professionally in theater, and I was doing summer stock in Massachusetts. And uh, uh, I'm a gay male, and I was going to uh, meet a guy to you know, just do some stuff. And, uh, and I went over to you were saying, hello, I can understand. I, I was, we were, we were, we were going to play chess or something. I don't know. We were, but of course, <laughs> but of course, um, as and, you do, <laughs> as gay men do, we play chess. And, and so I went over there and, uh, we were going to do stuff and, uh, he had uh, some drugs out and I never did drugs before. I wasn't a drug person. I wasn't a drinker at all. I maybe got drunk twice in my life. Okay. And uh, he had uh, meth out and I was like, let me try it. 
I might as well. I, I never did it before. And I smoked some meth and I got very high. Uh, he got me very high. And he then proceeded to uh, tie me up and uh, shoot me up with meth. Oh, okay. Yes, it, it, it escalated very quickly, very quickly. And he proceeded to sexual assault me. He, he raped me. Uh, he had friends waiting for me after he raped me and they took me to their house. And they, I, I was kept in the basement for eight hours and uh, was raped throughout the eight hours with other, oh my. By, by other people. Um, sorry if this is too graphic. Um, no, no, you're fine. Uh, once, once, if you don't know drugs, which I didn't, because that was not my world, not my world sure, at all. Sure. It became my world, but it was not my world. Uh, when you be, when you have IV drugs in your system, you become an instant drug addict right away. It's much, it's a much different creature than 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 doing drugs normally. Okay. And, and when I left there, I was so confused. I I I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed it because I was, I was in a different world. I, I, it was enjoyable. And I didn't realize that it was a sexual assault at all. I didn't realize it was rape. I, I was raped. I didn't realize any of this. And I, I needed my next fix too on top of that because I loved that whole, the whole experience I enjoyed. And that whole life became a life for me throughout the next 10 years. Okay. I, I became a drug addict. I, I, I had multiple sexual assaults after that um, throughout the years. A, a lot of people don't know how deep into my sexual assaults I, it became. I was, I was traded for, for drugs. I was, I was, I, People sold tickets for drug for sex for me. It, it was it was very intense. My sexual assaults. I I was in about eight treatment centers uh, for for to work on myself. Uh, I until I went to my first treatment center, my first real treatment center. Let me specify that uh, that dealt with trauma. That's when I realized it was a it was a rape. And everything, and I found out that everything was premeditated on that first, that first time. Okay. And I was like, "What?" I I I, I was so shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I, that I had to be a, a heavy realization for you of what was, had, had happened. And... It was. I I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe it. And then thinking back to it, I was like, "Oh." Everything was planned out. Mm -hmm. The whole thing was planned out. He, they, he, no one really liked me. That was the first thing that came to my mind. That no one liked me in that in that whole situation. It wasn't okay. that. It wasn't that. It wasn't that that they raped me or that they they used me. It was that no one liked me. That that was how how little self worth that I had. That, oh, that was, yeah, yeah, okay. That, that that was my first thought that no one liked me, and so, um, so I had to really do some deep therapy. We we realized through through um, these treatment centers that um, in a 10, 10 to eleven year span, I was probably um, raped almost fifty times. Oh my gosh! Um, so, some consensual, some not. I mean, when I was when when I was using, because my, my trauma and my drug use was always it was always hand in hand, um, because I had uh, I had I had trauma repetition repetition. I had to I had to keep repeating this trauma over and over. Um, so I had to. Um, it was I never really I never really used used without having my trauma next to it. It was, I never used separately. So, so I, 
so I would get I would get high, but after I would get high, I had no control of what happened. So so we had we had an idea that it was probably about about fifty times I that I had that I was sexually assaulted in this time. It could have been more. It really could have been more. I really don't know, um, but I remember a lot of it. I, I like when you when you when you drink you black out, right? Uh, when you use heroin you 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 nod out. When you're on when you're on meth, you're wide awake, <laughs> and, okay. and and I really remember all of it. Um, I so so it plays in my head constantly. So um, I I call them my movies. So I have to live with this constantly throughout sure. my life. Um, so so I I went to these treatment centers and I worked on 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 all these traumas. Um, I and I would I, I would do all these all these I would write all these letters and and do all these projects and and I was still relapsing. I was still relapsing. I wasn't I wasn't I felt like I wasn't getting fixed. I was still this broken person. Okay. And I couldn't understand why I was still this broken person. And 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 I I was still not happy. I was still this empty shell. And so I, I, and I kept going back to these treatment centers and I had to, and I had to keep working on myself. And I had to keep, I had to keep digging and digging. It's, they, they always say it, trauma is like a tissue box. You pull out one, another, another thing's there. There's another, another one pops up. Yeah. There's another thing there. <laughs> and that's what's happening. And I kept, <laughs> working on this trauma and another another trauma and I had to keep digging and digging and digging of where everything was coming from and and I you know I, I so many things happened from this one instance like I became HIV positive from it I okay. I had two suicide attempts from it okay. I um, I had two nervous breakdowns from this I had and, and I mean, not just from that one thing, but from from everything right. after from everything after, yeah, everything after that. And people kept saying, "Oh, you're so brave! You're so brave!" From from doing, I'm not brave. I'm not brave. I was trying to survive. I was trying. I was trying to to live, and I was trying to survive. That's right. That's how I was getting through. I what I was using because I didn't want to live in my head anymore. I didn't want to, I, 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 cause I was, I was, I kept remembering everything. Sure. I didn't want to stay in this, in this reality that was, was my life. That's why I was using. And so I worked on this trauma and I, and I, and I, and I, I had some amazing therapists, some amazing therapists. And they, they would tell me to get out of my way. Like I was distracting myself from, from working on myself. And I had to get out of my way, and 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 I sometimes I would just stand there and not get out of my way, and sometimes I would really just get out of my way. Mm -hmm. and, and so I finally worked on all my major traumas, and and I was still relapsing, <laughs> and I was like, "What is going on?" Like, why am I still relapsing? And now I was relapsing without my traumas. And it wasn't as fun anymore. It it was, it sucked. Because okay. now, now I was just, because I, I, it was always sex, it was always sex and, and, and drugs. And now it was just drugs. Like I wasn't even, I wasn't even having sex anymore. Right, right. So, so, so you're so, taking away half of the equation for yourself. I was taking half. So now I'm like, well, this sucks. So now it's just miserable. I was just, I was, I was miserable. I was, I was forever crying. I, I just wanted it. I just wanted my life to end. I really did. I like, I'll tear up because I just wanted my life to end. I wanted everything to be over. Okay. Because I couldn't look at myself anymore. I was lonely. 
I'll never forget. I'll never forget this one. This will always stay in my mind forever. I was in a motel room once, and I, st I stayed in this motel room for for about a week. And uh, I was I didn't eat for a week. I was using for a week, um, and I was so paranoid, and I was hallucinating, and. I thought the cops were after me. They could have been. I still don't know. I I'll, I'll, I I never know. And I heard voices of people I knew who I thought were were protecting me from the cops. I know this is going to sound crazy, but this is the life of this is the life of 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 a drug addict. Okay. Of a, of a drug addict, and and I and I and I kept saying. I kept saying, let me just take a shower. Like I kept saying this out loud just so everyone can hear me. The cops, my friends, everyone. Let me just take a shower so I so I look so I look presentable for everyone. <laughs> Cause I wanted to look presentable for everyone. Cause that's Fair what because that's that, that's the that was the utmost important thing at the moment. Don't worry about the track marks on my arm. Right. <laughs> but I just want to smell good for everyone. <laughs> um so, and you know, and I was like, let me just take a shower, um, and then you can all come in and 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 come and get me. And I wanted them to come and get me because I wanted this nightmare to be over. Okay, I wanted them to come come and save me, and I didn't care how it was. You can arrest me. I wanted them to come and save me, and I got out of the shower. I was in my towel. And I said, I said, you can come and get me now. I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, I mean, I was about to go to, I, I was about to go to treatment. I was all ready to go to treatment. I, I called the, I think I called the treatment the day before. And, uh, and I, and I said this out loud. I said, I'm about, just to let you know, I'm all going, I'm going to treatment. <laughs> I wanted to let them know. I was, I'm going to treatment guys. And, um, and, uh, I said, but you can still take me. And, um, and so I said, everyone can come in. I'm ready to take for everyone to take me. And I sat there on my bed in my towel and no, no one came. And I said, Hmm. So I opened the door to the, to the motel room. I peeked out and no one was there. And I closed the door and I just cried. And I said, no one's ever there. No one's there. Why isn't anyone ever there for me? And I laid, I laid on my bed and I laid in fetal position and I just cried saying, I just wish someone would be there to help, to help me. And this is real life. This is real life. People think that, that addicts want to be where they are. They don't. They don't want this. They just want people to, it was the, it, it was so lonely. And yes, there are people that I could have called. I could have probably called my family. My family has always been so supportive. I've had friends who are supportive, but at that moment, at that moment, we just feel so alone, so alone. And like I imagined people there that I imagined people that I knew there. Right. And I probably could have called those people, but, but it's so hard to, to reach out because we have so much shame, mm -hmm. so much, so much, like I couldn't tell them, Oh, I messed up again. Oh, I'm in a motel and I have, I have track marks. All I couldn't tell them this. It would have been easier if they just found me. It would have been easier for that. And so, no one was there. Um, I think a day, or I think the next day, I went to a treatment center on my own. Um, it, but that moment will never leave me. Because that was a moment that I knew, that was a moment that I felt so alone again. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I, there were many moments I felt so alone, even though even though I knew there were people there. But I, there's so many moments I felt so alone, and that was a bottom. That was a, a bottom moment for me. And people are like, "What are you? What's your bottom? What was your bottom?" I never had one bottom. You know, I never had one bottom. I had many bottoms. I had, I had, and I have, right. I've had, I've, and I've had many good moments too. I've mm-hmm. had many sober moments. I had many moments with my, with my sexual assault that I, that I triumphed on, you know, and I, but I needed all those moments to get to where I am. Some people right. just. Some people just have one bottom, one and done, and then they're then they're good. Yeah. For, for me personally, I had to have all those moments. I heard it said by by someone else who was who was fighting addiction that they called it the uh, a series of peaks and valleys. They said that they went from their highs where everything was great. They had the highest of highs and they had the lowest of lows, and but they had to have several of those before it came time where they could find a point for them to be able to say, okay, stop the train. I would like to get off this now. I need to do something different with my life. So, um, and, and I think <laughs> I heard it said by one that, that, uh, that they were jealous of the, of the ones who had the one and done because they, they, they got in, they got out, they, you know, they were able to move forward. I used to be, I okay. used to, I used to be when I used to when I used to go to the rooms. I don't really do the rooms for for me. That for many people it works. For me, that wasn't my thing. I tried it. I, my my recovery is therapy is keeping my feet moving in other things, keeping connected with sober people. That's my okay. that's my recovery. When I used to be in the rooms and I kept relapsing and relapsing and relapsing, and I kept hearing stories of these one and dones, that was it bothered me, and I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. I, well, I, what about it bothered you specifically? I thought I was broken. Okay. I thought I was broken, that I couldn't do it. I was doing something wrong. Okay. That makes sense. I get that. Okay. And so I kept seeing all these people succeed. And I kept saying, what is wrong with me that I can't get this? And that's my own stuff. That has nothing to do with them. That was my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure that out for myself. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, it, and that was, that's where I had to do my work. And I had to see why I couldn't get it. Right. Okay. And, and, and for me, it was the rooms weren't, that wasn't where I needed to get it. And I needed to get it someplace else. Okay. And I had the, I, you know, I had this, I had a couple therapists who, who, well, I had one therapist who said to me, she goes, she goes, why are you scared of going over that fence? You're just teetering that fence. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, because what, what if I go over that fence and it's the same shit over there that's over here. And, and I, and, and I, Everything I'm doing, all this work I'm doing is for nothing. Right. And what, like, why would I want to go over there then? And she turned to me and she goes, but what if it's not? What if it's not? And so she goes, so let's do a little exercise. I was like, oh, oh you're one of those therapists. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so. So I'm like, okay, let's do a, let's do an exercise. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> so, so she she's like, close your eyes, and so I close my eyes, and she goes, we're not gonna go over the fence, we're just gonna peek peek over the fence. This is your fence. We're just gonna peek over it. What do you see? And I said, I see green grass. And this, I mean, this is all legit. And I, and she, I said, I see green, uh, just, just green grass, nothing else. And she goes, that is amazing. And I said, I said, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay, great. Great. What does that mean? Thank you. And she goes, 
Well, when people, some people on on the other side of their fence, they see like a building or they see a house or they see like a tree. You see nothing but green grass. That is, you can build whatever you want over there. Sky's the limit for you. You have nothing obstructing you there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. She goes, you have nothing there. You just land, land, beautiful green grass, nothing. She goes, like you, she goes, you can go running in there and as far as you want, as and and you have everything that you want there. And I was like, wow. And so I had to make that choice to finally go over that fence. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had, you know, it, I had to do it at my own time, but I had to do it at my own time, but I knew what was over there. I finally knew what was over there. Yeah. I think sometimes when we're dealing with traumas, um, one of my former guests, I think put it perfectly. Uh, Terry Kozlowski talked about, uh, cause she was also, um, an assault survivor and all the years of playing, she, as she put it, playing the victim in her own mind of what she had been through and what she had gone through. Um, when she went through to try to relieve herself of the trauma, she said that was the scary part because she was used to it. She would, she become comfortable with it. She called it the thorny blanket. It was uncomfortable, but she kept it because that's what she was. What's what she knew. Well, the for the longest time, I used to say that I was addicted to drugs. I wasn't addicted to drugs. I was addicted to my trauma. Okay. That's what I was addicted to. I was addicted to my trauma. The drugs just came along with it. Okay, so the drugs are just part of part that of the was, experience that what you're going part, through. That was part of my trauma. Okay. I was addicted to the trauma because I had to have the trauma first. The drugs came with it. Okay. Because I wouldn't have the one without the other. Right. Until And then once I removed the trauma, then I became addicted to the drugs. Okay. So what was the point where you decided that I need to move forward now? Yeah, uh, you said you had gotten, you had kind of gotten to that point. You, I think, when you, I, were, over, I, I, over, I overdosed. Oh, did you? Okay. And to overdose on meth, you have to have a superpower to do that. That's hard. <laughs> that's like you have to. That's that's super hard. Like, I mean, that's really hard to overdose on meth. I mean, okay. So I overdosed on meth. I was at a, a, a lot of my stories. I was at a motel. <laughs> And I was in a parking lot and I started, I couldn't see out of, I started going blind in my eye and okay. I, and I, and I fell and I screamed, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing now, but I shouldn't be laughing, but I screamed, get an M. Yeah. And I, and I woke up with a cop going, with a cop going, are you okay? And I was like, I was like, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. Don't do drugs, kids. And, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, you know what? It's your story. If you want to laugh at it, brother, you laugh at it. Because it was really, that's what gets you through. That's, 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 and, all I'm that gonna, and I'm going to scare some of you guys. I, I went poopy in my pants and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was in the, <laughs> and I was in the ambulance and I turned to the guy. I turned to the to EMT and I went, I went, hey, I have a bag of meth in my wallet. Take it out before they take me. <laughs> oh boy. And he said, he said, I got you. And he took he took my bag of meth. <laughs> and I asked, I haven't had a bag of meth since. All right. Well, that that would do it right there. Okay, so what was what was the next step for you after deciding that after the OD after deciding that I don't want to OD and I don't want to go poopy in my pants anymore? <laughs> well, what was the next What was the next step for Eric? Well, I mean, I I I was working on a nonprofit before that. Okay, and, um, uh, that went on hold because I relapsed in between that and that. Uh, this it was a little relapse, but um, so and then. The pandemic happened, nothing happened. Uh, so I, I just worked on that side. I worked on the non, on my nonprofit silently because I really couldn't do anything. Sure. Uh, so we recently launched, relaunched 
uh, my nonprofit a couple months ago. And okay, that's, what, yeah. that's what I've been working on is my nonprofit. Well, let's talk about it. Great. So my nonprofit is called Coherently Aware Now. Uh, what we do is we secure funds. Uh, to, oh, that's, that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> you me, did you see me jump a little bit? Uh, actually, I did not. I was in the middle of changing screen so I could see it. So I'll see it in replay. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, what we do is we secure, we secure funds to help sexual assault survivors, people with addictions, and dual diagnosis. Uh, we get them into uh, a treatment center. We become their advocates while they're in treatment, and then we help them with an exit plan with a caseworker uh, to like if they need to get into a halfway house or if they need a therapist or an outpatient program. What I've noticed in my in my travels, in my journey, is, is lack of advocacy, lack of funding in treatment centers. Okay. Uh, I, I've been in, like I said, eight treatment centers. Uh, I've had insurance. I haven't had insurance. I've been kicked out because insurance decided not to pay for, for treatment. And this is needed. Uh, we we are in desperate need of funding right now. We are in the well. We'll always be in desperate need of funding, but we are sure we are are not functioning just yet. Uh, we are trying to get funding to become a functional nonprofit. We advocacy is so hard right now in 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 treatment centers regulation reg, to to regulate a non uh, uh, to regulate a treatment center is 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 not even doesn't even really happen i when i when i was in a treatment center a very good treatment center in arizona i won't say their name but some people might know them um i was attacked by staff there and uh i was i was everything they did while I was there was was wrong. And as I was leaving, uh, a charge nurse came and spit on me and uh, as I was leaving and almost hit me. Oh, nice. It was, it was lovely. And uh, and I couldn't really do anything because when you're you're an addict, when you have uh, mental health issues or when you suffer from uh, sexual assault, People tend to not believe what you have to say. Sure. Uh, so, so it's very hard to go after a big treatment center. So, as as an advocate for someone or with someone, we like to say with someone because we 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 don't want to speak for them. We want to speak with them because like that. that makes sense. Yes, because eventually they'll have to use their own voice at some point, mm -hmm. and we don't want to speak for them. Uh, so we want to make sure that they feel safe in their treatment center. They are getting the correct therapy in the treatment center, that they, the food is good in the treatment center, that, 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 that they just feel comfortable there. And if not, that, we, we know that they, they have the right to, they know their rights, that they can be moved to another treatment center, that they, exactly. they, yeah. have, they don't have to stay there. A lot of treatment centers will make it that you have to stay there. And they don't have to stay anywhere. They are free to leave whenever they want. And they're, they, they're not told that. So people will stay in a treatment center. And they're, they're told that so treatment centers can get money. Oh, okay. And it's really, it's, 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 it's sad. That's a shame. It's yeah, sad. sad. So people are going and getting horrible treatment and bad therapy for their own pockets. So we we want to make sure that and and i i've said this before humans we want we want to show people that that humans are not throwaways that 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 lives are worth saving and and lives are worth showing love to absolutely no matter, no matter where you're from no matter what 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 area you're from what how much money you have lives are not throwaways. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, one of the things I, I noticed on the, on the website here, um, and let, let me actually, you know what, let me bring this back up onto the screen. I'll announce it this time. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it doesn't alarm you. Uh, but so 
I, I was looking at this earlier. I, I was kind of going over the website this afternoon in, in preparation for tonight. And I wanted you to be able to speak a little bit more about your signature program, the Safe Circle, what it is and, and how it uh, affects those who are in treatment. Meaning, okay, so the actual program that we do? Yes, yeah, uh, it says right here, we're under the, the section says what we do. Our signature program is the Safe Circle. So can we talk about that a little bit as to what it is and how it, how it affects? So our program, wait, I'm just reading what you <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I haven't looked at that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty much what, what I just said. So okay. we, yeah, so that's pretty much what I just said is is that we what we do is that we will find you a treatment, we'll become your advocates while you're in treatment, and then we'll we'll help you with an exit plan. So that's pretty much what, what our program does. Okay. I want to make sure that that's what it was. Yeah. I was kind of, I kind of thought so, but yeah. I was like, I think he just talked about this, but I'm going to ask anyway, just to be on the safe side, just to make sure that I was understanding it so that if I, you know. So, so now, now if we look below that, so just let, so, so it take, does take about $30,000 to, for one person to be in treatment for, for 30 days. So if you go lower. Okay. Yeah. Oh, keep go going. Up. Oh, no, go up, go up, go up. Go up. I'm yeah. finding it. It was right below that. Oh, right here. Yes. For a client yeah. to start in a treatment yeah. center, it the average cost is about $30,000. $30,000 for one month. Now, let's say a, someone who has trauma gets in there. So they get in there. The first week, they're just getting comfortable. The second week, they're 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 learning. They're meeting their therapist. So they're, they're starting to feel feel them out, maybe getting a little bit safe with them. They're going to crack. I was, they're going to crack open their egg. You know, the yolk is coming down a little bit of trauma is coming out. Sure. Every two weeks, your insurance company figures out if, if they're going to keep covering you every two weeks. So your insurance company can say, we have decided that, that we're not going to cover you. So now if your insurance company says, Listen, we decided we're not going to cover you anymore. You, they can say your your insurance company has denied you for another thirty days or another another nineteen days, another seventeen days. If, unless you have fifteen thousand dollars, seventeen thousand dollars, you can't stay here. So, okay. now, so now you have someone who just started trauma work is newly sober might have an eating disorder, might have self-harm issues, may not have any family, may not have any place to go, is now being kicked out to someplace else. Yeah, they're just throwing them out the door. Just throwing them out. Some of them might, their, I mean, their case worker might not, I mean, some people do have hearts and they don't want to, but they have to because they're all about the money. You know, they can't keep right. them there if they can't keep them there. So what we do is, Hopefully, this treatment center will call us and say, listen, we have this case here that needs, she, they need to stay here. They, they, they have to stay here. They need trauma work. They have to stay here. Can you help us cover the cost? And that's where we'll step in and say, we can help you, you know, or there's a family member, there's a family, a, a person who is not in treatment yet. And they say, listen, our, our, our family member or myself, we need to get into a treatment. Can you help us pay for that treatment? Because we have no insurance or no money. Okay. Scholarships are very hard to get through treatment centers. It's it's like a lottery. It's very hard to get. Um, so it's, I mean, there's really no funding out there. There's no funding. And, and this, this, this nonprofit can really, really save lives. It can really save lives. I mean, we can, we can really help people by, by, by paying to help pay for people to get into treatment. No, I think that's a beautiful thing. Now, one of the other things I noticed back, and we'll go back to the website here for a second. I'll pull it back up on the screen. Um, for everyone to be able to donate and join the circle. So can you tell them what the Travelers program is and, and, and what that does? 
So the Travelers program, we're actually, that was supposed to be taken off the website. <laughs> um, All right, guys, you did not see the Travelers program. That is not on there. That's actually supposed to be taken off. We're not doing that anymore. Okay. Sorry All right. That. So that's okay. Uh, let's speak. Well, well, let's speak then to the ease of donation and, and how people can help. But what we are doing on our website, if you do donate a um, uh, hundred dollars or more, we will put your name on our website or your business on our website as a sponsor. Okay. All right. Um, but, but they can donate any, any amount that they want. Any correct? amount, any amount you can donate and you can go to the top right corner and click our donate button and that'll bring okay. you right, right to donating or and yeah so i think yeah. i believe that's through paypal isn't it correct it's through paypal everything is tax deductible perfect okay so as you can see here guys the, the website coherently aware now uh you can find it at thesafecircle.org uh you can go here you can find out a lot of information about what eric and his group are, are doing um how if you want to get involved, there there are ways that you can get involved and the things that you can do uh, as well. As you see here, there's giving options, there's different events, there's ways for you to stay connected uh, with this group. And I would love it if, if you have, you know, and I always tell people, you know, they're worried about being able to donate $100 or more. If you have $5, donate it. If you have a dollar, donate it. Because here's the thing. I donate a dollar you donate a dollar, the other person donates a dollar. Those dollars all add up and they're going to help in, in more quickly than what you can give it credit for. So if you have availability, please donate, please help. Yeah. This is a tremendous opportunity to help our fellow man. And right now, after the last couple of years of what everybody's gone through in 2021 and 2020 with the pandemic and uh, drug use is on the rise significantly on the rise <coughs> the need for treatment and treatment centers is also significantly and, higher and, as well and we're also uh we're also right now also we we've added um helping uh domestic violence uh oh, wonderful uh what uh people who have been uh in the pandemic with their uh, domestic violence uh I'm, I'm sorry i'm trying to word it uh people who have been stuck in domestic domestic violence houses uh during sure. the pandemic uh, and need uh, help in with with um, therapists. Um, so we're also adding that to our to our website. Also, fantastic. No, I think that's a great a great plan. Okay, so Eric, I have a couple questions that I want to ask you that I ask every single guest sure. who's, who's ever been in the hot seat that you're sitting in. Yes, I am so. single. I like long. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, those were not the questions. Uh, but uh, for anyone who's listening, uh, Eric is a single man and uh, he likes long walks on the beach. Um, so I'm guessing beaches. You didn't say beach, but no, I, was, I, don't, I, I actually don't like the beach because of the sand. I don't like the beach. I don't like the beach. All right. Well, then I got nothing for you. Okay. All right. So uh, so these are two questions. Neither one of them are very, in, are, are very difficult. They're both, they're both based upon your life experiences. Okay. Okay. Looking back over the entirety of your journey, what is the single greatest lesson that you have learned? Wow. Single greatest lesson. What's the, what's the second question? Can we do that? Okay. Sure. Let me think about that. Hold on. Okay. Looking back over the entirety of your journey, what's the single greatest piece of advice that you've been given? You're, oh, you're killing me. Uh, <laughs> greatest piece of advice. If you don't know something, just say, I don't know. Okay. I, th I think that's the, the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. Just if you don't know something, just say, I don't know it and learn and then learn and then learn okay. it. No, I, I think that's, I think that's very good advice. Don't, don't, don't make it, don't make it up and act like, you know, you know it, just say, I don't know. And then learn it. All right. Uh, and then what was the first question again? The first question, what was the single greatest lesson that you have learned?
God. You know, I don't know if this is a lesson. I don't think it's a okay. lesson. I don't think it's a lesson. Can I say what I've learned about myself? Absolutely. Okay. I think it's still a lesson. But sure, go ahead. Okay. You know, for for the longest time, I I always saw myself as an empty shell. And I had to always grab my essence. I knew I had an essence, and I always had to grab my essence and use and pull it in to whenever I needed it to use it. And it took a long time to, to find a home for my essence in my body. And when I finally found where to put that essence in my body, that's when I became very mindful of who I was as a person, as a human. Mm -hmm. And that was the next level of who I was, who I, who I was meant to be as a, as a, as a person. And that's when I became whole. And that's when I started knowing my worth as a human. And that's when everything started coming together. And that's what I've learned about myself on this journey was, was it was never, it was never, I was always disconnected from myself. And once I learned how to put myself together, that was the next level of who I was. Okay. Does that make That's sense? That's a lesson. Yeah. Okay. That's a huge lesson. Okay. I guess. You know, honestly, I, th I th with as many people as I've had the, the absolute pleasure and honor to have, have spoken with on this show, one of the things that a lot of people who have gone through different levels, differing types of trauma, especially when it's a, a physical, mental, or sexual abuse, one of the things that people have had to learn is their value, their self-worth, and being able to accept themselves for who and what they are and, and their imperfections and how their imperfections are the things about them that are beautiful and make them whole and, and attractive to other people. And so I think the fact that if that's what you learned out of this was your value, your beauty, I, I think that's a, I think that's a fantastic lesson. Don't get me. I mean, yeah, of course. Thank you. I appreciate that. But don't get, don't get me wrong. I have my days. I have my days when like that inner critic just like engulfs me, but I've learned of how, I've, I've learned how to, how to talk myself off the ledge. Yeah. I and, don't think you're ever going to be able to shut that yeah, off completely. Okay. It's just hundred percent, but I've learned, I've learned how to, how to let my essence yeah. take, take over and not, and not devour myself with the inner critic. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's the lesson I've learned through this whole, through this whole journey of how to, how to deal with that. That's the, that's the lesson I've learned. I think that's great. I do. You know, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, I mean, you're you're going to have, like you said, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. You're going to have days when you're still going to have, you're going to pummel yourself from the inside out and tell yourself how, you know, all these awful, horrible things about yourself that aren't true. Yeah. But that's because that's what our, our imperfect little brains try to tell us that that's what we are and how we are, because that's what life has conditioned us to think. And, you know, I, I remember talking to my therapist about some of these things and I was, I'm like, yeah, I don't care what you tell me. This is how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I've had those conversations. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm uh, like, I'm you this much money to say that to me. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed. You are not allowed to disagree. Agree not with this much <laughs> if it wasn't for insurance. Holy cow. Uh, all right. So Eric, um, again, so what I, what I want you to do here, if you, if you, if you don't mind, take a moment, tell everybody where they can find out more information about Eric Harazi and, uh, coherently aware now. So you can go to www.thesafecircle.org. You can also go to my TikTok, uh, go unstuck yourself. I do some, uh, inspirational stuff on there, activism stuff on there. Uh, and then you can also go to our, uh, our Facebook, Coherently Aware Now. We also have an uh, Instagram page, Coherently 
uh, underscore aware underscore now. And mm -hmm. uh, I try Twitter. I didn't understand it. So I know, you don't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's fine. I think Facebook and Instagram will get will get the message across plus the website. That's if enough. You, if you understand Twitter, I don't get it. But <laughs> Twitter's an, Twitter is an acquired taste. It takes a little while to get used to. Trust yeah, me on that one. So, all right, excellent. Well, Eric, I, I want to say again, thank you for being on Focused on Forward. Oh, thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This it's been my pleasure. I, I am I am honored that you were willing to share your story and willing to bear your soul for our listeners so that they can they could hear your experience and not only just that you went through these things, but that you got through them because I th I think that you know there will be people who are going to listen to your story who clearly won't have had all the same things happen to them that have happened to you. But there, you know, I always look for similarities and stories and that, you know, we may not have gone down the same lanes, but there's similarities to the lanes where I can say, I can cherry pick from this person's story and I can cherry pick from that person's story. And I can, I can find things out of e each and every person's story that can affect me and help me in, in different ways. So. Well, th thank you so much for having me. Really. This is uh... A pleasure to be here and uh thank you for having a platform where where people can talk and i appreciate it yeah and, and remember guys if you're interested in finding out more about the the safe circle.org uh there is a link to it in the the information down below and i'm also putting a link to it here in the comment section so you'll be guys will be able to click on it there and, and go there like i said just give a dollar give five dollars give ten dollars if everybody does that, it adds up so quickly. And honestly, you've spent $10 on stupider things. So, uh, you know, instead of spending $10 on sodas and scratch off tickets, give $10 to somebody who can help uh, and who can help people getting through their, their stuff. Okay. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you everyone for listening tonight. And uh, thank you for those who participated earlier. And Eric, again, thank you for being on Focused On Forward. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at PodcastFOF, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email, focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay 